Thanks, Brian, for bringing that bit of testimony uh, uh, as well as the, the reading. The, the Lord's Word inspires us and moves us at uh, different times. And indeed, Mark's Gospel is the shortest. It doesn't take that long to read. It takes about an hour and a half. So I'm sure, you know, we, we've got to be still using Mark's Gospel next week and maybe a little bit more beyond that. So if you want to read ahead, find out what happens next, you know, get a little bit of a spoiler in the story. You might already have an idea of what happens, but I do encourage you to, to take a bit of time to, to read through Mark's Gospel because it, it brings more of the story together in one go than you just get on a Sunday morning a short passage well this has been half term week uh, and it was suggested during half term that uh, I might take my two lovely children to the cinema to see a film so Emmeline uh, looked on the internet and announced that the options were the Lego Ninjago movie or My Little Pony. (laughs) Those were the two options she said were suitable for viewing. And uh, as you can imagine, um, there was a slight difference of opinion as to which might be the best to watch. Um, And each of the children refused to see the one that the other was willing to go to. Now, um, the week before half term, uh, on the Wednesday, I had been on a conflict resolution course. So I was determined to see a peaceful solution to whatever presented itself. And the outcome was that we saw Despicable Me 3. (laughs) When there is no obvious answer to the problem, you sometimes have to look for the not-so-obvious answer. When the square peg doesn't fit the round hole, you sometimes have to say, are these things supposed to be together in the first place? What is the plan? What is the position that we are in? We often find ourselves in difficult positions. We often find ourselves just overwhelmed. We might find ourselves challenged in such a way that we don't know what to do next. That might be something a bit more complex than what to see at the cinema. It might be about a situation going on in our lives. It might be something to do with our health or the health of another. Unsurmountable issues 
can be overcome. Jesus brings hope and resolution. Now, you saw last week in the synagogue a demon-possessed man. Here, we see healing starting to come in places that are not the places of worship, but the places where we live our daily lives. We see it in a home. We see people who need help gathering out in the street. And then at the end of the passage, we hear about the message being taken onwards to other villages. A message of hope, one of love, one of restoration and healing, of change coming into people's lives. Change that otherwise would not come. Change that is beyond what was thought doable, change beyond their wildest imagination. At the start of the reading, Simon Peter is revealed to have a mother-in-law. This shows him to be married. There's a reference later in um, one of Paul's letters to the disciples being married. Um, But there's no indication here about his wife or the rest of the family. It's awful that these things are neglected. It was the culture of the time. But it means there's so much insight we fail to grasp. It leaves us maybe with questions about what happened when men left their nets and went to be fishers of men and of women and of children, when they went to be disciples, what tensions came into the home? What tensions come today when God calls someone to follow? Whether it's someone coming to God for their first time, Perhaps a young man, perhaps a young woman, perhaps somebody in later years. Choosing that for them, the most important thing is the Lord Jesus. It doesn't just cause a change in their life, it causes a change in the family too. And perhaps in their neighbours perhaps in their workplace or in their school, as they tell people what has been happening. When God calls someone to engage in ministry or to serve in other ways, it has a wide sweeping impact. The thing in this passage, which is troubling the household, is not the lack of household income that came with the laying down of the nets, but it's that mother-in-law's health. She's running a fever. 
and she seems to be lying down perhaps in another room well away from the guests who have come into the house. Now, it would seem in true humility that uh, the fishermen have not mentioned the women's health earlier in the day. Was that just because it wasn't something that they were aware of? No, I don't think so. It's because they thought it was an insurmountable problem. Why bother Jesus with something that he wouldn't have been able to deal with? With something that wouldn't change? But they've now seen his great power. They now know of his healing. And how he made that change in someone's life in the synagogue. And so... Once they get round to the house, which is thought to be not that far away from the synagogue, they tell Jesus. In uh, newer copies of the NIV, than our, than our Pew Bible, they insert the word immediately. They get home and they immediately tell Jesus, and that word is there in the Greek they immediately say look my mother-in-law is ill and he responds immediately he responds immediately but they maybe didn't say it as soon as they could have do we always bring our prayers as heavily as they come to mind? Do we lay everything before the Lord? Or do we just get on with things? And it's only as a later thought that we bow the knee before him and take it to the Lord in prayer. Jesus goes to the woman and he helps her up and the fever leaves her. Notice the order that that comes in. He goes there, he helps her up and then the fever goes. It's not that the fever goes before she gets up. There is something of her faith in the situation, her faith in the Lord that brings that healing and then her faith motivates her her faith motivates her father she waits on them it's not said that she serves Jesus alone but them and uh, if you look through the passage you'll see um, they and them appearing a number of times they left the synagogue it is a togetherness of ministry in Mark's gospel there's an idea that we, we later sort of see coming out uh, in Paul's letters 
uh, about the unity, the body of Christ. One body. And we are the body of Christ alive in the world today. Bringing his presence into our community. The communities that we live in. We bring his presence. And with his presence comes a transformation of life. A change. A hope. When we hear of God's kingdom coming in the world, do we respond by choosing to serve as that woman did? Or do we simply get on with our normal life? If our faith has meaning, it's not limited between 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Or half six and half seven on the Sunday night. It's not limited to those daily times that we might pick up our prayer guide during the week. It's not limited to our devotional times, but inspires us in our life. It moves us. It causes us to pray as we go about, to seek God's will, and to seek more change, more of the coming of the kingdom. They left the synagogue, but it's, they went to a home, and it's there that we start to see their faithfulness truly coming out. The faithfulness of the people, not limited to the Sabbath, but going beyond. In our passage, the streets begin to throng with people who need to be touched by God's power. They need a new wholeness. They need healing. Some of them need release from evil spirits that have come. And those families had waited for sunset. They'd they'd waited to go and see Jesus after the Sabbath. I think um, when I was young, when I was growing up in the south of Scotland, I wasn't exposed much to other cultures, uh, to other faiths. And, uh, and certainly when you're living in a place sort of half the size of Lindfield, you know, and quite remote from anywhere, you know, you didn't see people that were different from your own kith and kin. And it was when I was at a university studying physics that uh, I realised that one of my friends would go out in our group on a Friday night and then he stopped coming on a Friday night and he started appearing on a Saturday night. 
why wasn't he here last night? You know, what, what was the difference that was happening? And of course, he was Jewish. And it depended on when the Sabbath came, when sunset was, for when he felt he was able to come out with his group of friends. You know, was it a Saturday night in winter or a Friday night in the summer? The people in our passage waited for the new day to begin. The new day that comes with the sunset. But Jesus had made no distinction about healing on the Sabbath. And we'll see that later as the gospel goes on. A couple of chapters time. He'll ask, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? The Lord's day is clearly for good. But also is every other day. There are seven days in the week, not one. We gather as church on Sunday, but we remain church when we scatter into the community. We remain the them and the they. We are the people with Jesus and we are to serve in his name and to bring the prayers and to seek the healing. But of course, our wholeness is not necessarily measured by our health. And so how we may interpret our experience, or those of others who are suffering, those whom we love and long to see restored, um, we might not see that. We have an interpretation of what we see as fullness of health. But that might not necessarily be in the plan of God. And that is something that we struggle with. It's so clear in the gospel, isn't it? That everyone that comes receives the touch that they expect. But we have to consider what, what is it that God has in mind. Healing miracles like our forgiveness comes from the extravagance of God's love. And we have to give thanks for those times that we do see the miracle rather than wonder about the times that we don't. We cannot earn a healing. We cannot buy a healing. 
we can but come close to him lay the burden that is on our heart and try to discern what his will is in our lives he has more love than we can possibly imagine and there will be a day when there will be a fullness of kingdom seen on this earth and that is something of what we are seeing in the passage what Christ is doing here and throughout his ministry he's showing a foretaste of what is yet to come there is much need in the village of Bethsaida where he has been the previous night where the crowds have come to the door but he doesn't go back to them and there will be people in that place that don't experience the healing that others have seen the disciples tell Jesus the following morning everyone is looking for you and that's probably a slight exaggeration But then again, maybe not. Maybe the disciples are unwittingly stating something that really is true. Because all of God's people had been waiting, had been seeking the promised Messiah to come among them. So maybe as those words are spoken, the fullness of that message is not understood. Everyone is looking. Everyone is seeking peace. Everyone longs for the wholeness that can come from God. Everyone longs for the day of peace when wars will cease. When all sickness and sorrow will end. But I don't think Simon and his friends have awoken to that full reality of who Jesus is yet. We are awaiting the time of his return. We are among those who are looking to Jesus. But in the meantime, our thoughts and prayers are rather more focused not on the whole earth having restoration, but on those we know and the situations reported in the news. Simon Peter and the other disciples want Jesus to come back into the village. But he says no. He's going onwards. He's going on. Not to the place that was already aware 
of his power to heal and change. But he's going onwards to the new villages throughout Galilee. People were seeking him, but he's going to where the people are not yet seeking him. Where they need to encounter him for the first time. And so the Lord moves the story on. He expands the message. He brings the hope to other hearts. He goes and makes a difference in lives in a wider and wider area. And this is what we, his body, are called to do. Not to keep the message for ourselves, but to see the growth of the kingdom. To see the kingdom coming as we take the message outwards. We are here to say that there can be resolution. There can be hope. There can be new life. There can be a difference. Jesus is someone that we can trust in in a distinctly different way from anybody else. And so it's right that we do trust and that we encourage others to know and to grow in faith. Not just this day, but each. Amen.